So we are in week two of this series called Cooties, and uh, we talked last week about relationship cooties kind of in general, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more today, and then next week we're going to kind of narrow in a little bit and talk more about marriage and, and, and that kind of the cooties that we might have in our marriages. How can you have cooties in marriages? They're there. Um, and then the next week, the fourth week, we're going to uh, talk more about families and and maybe with kids and just dealing with other people in your family and the cooties we have there. And we all know that there's some cooties in those relationships. So um, I want to start with a question this morning. And I want to ask you this. Is there anyone here today that has an addiction? I will raise my hand. I've got a serious caffeine addiction, among other things. But some of us have addictions like Grey's Anatomy addictions or Walking Dead addictions or, um, you know, running addiction. I don't have that addiction, um, or a food addiction, or a caffeine, and we could actually, we could just spend the next, the, the next hour talking, just listing addictions that we could have, or we know that people have, and, but there is an addiction, a serious one, a real one, that's on the rise, um, that sociologists and psychologists are seeing and, and studying, and, and it's one that causes, just like other addictions, it causes this, this chemical to be released in our brain called dopamine, and, and when it's released, it just, it just feels so, so good. And here is the addiction, and it's, it's on the rise, and it's real. I'm not kidding. And the addiction is immediate feedback. This is an addiction that's on the rise for immediate feedback. Now, comedians and live performers have been saying forever and ever and ever that there is just something that happens, that, that response you get from an audience, that immediate response, you know, the laughter, the, the wide eyes, the applause, whatever it is, that it just triggers, and they would say, they've called it for years, they've said it's like a drug and I just want more of it. And it's because that immediate feedback releases that dopamine in our brain and, and we just want it and, and we desire it. And, and so here we are with this, with this new addiction on the rise and we do this now and instead of us having to get on a stage, um, we can do this now in the comfort of our own home, in our jammies that maybe have holes in them, you know, while eating a giant, not like the regular bowl of cereal, but like the giant like salad bowl, you know, or mixing bowl. I know none of you have ever done that before. You know, you just pour a giant thing of Captain Crunch into the big bowl and you can just sit there and do that. I hear people laughing as if some people do this. Nina, were they looking at you? I don't understand. And so we can, but we can do this in the comfort of our own homes without getting on a stage, without having to be face to face with anybody and we can get the immediate feedback we desire. And we do this through our, through our devices, through our social media. We can, we can put our pictures out there and our comments and our links and we can wait. And we just, we put it out there and then we just sit back and wait for it, right? And we wait to see if little numbers start to increase and people are liking and commenting and sharing and retweeting and all these things. And we wanna know, do they like it? Do they like me? Do they approve of what I just said or the picture I just put out there? And how come she never likes that? I'm never gonna like any of her stuff ever again. I can't believe she's not liking what I said. And we're addicted. There's this immediate feedback response that we want. And the problem that these sociologists and psychologists are finding with this increase of people wanting this immediate feedback of, of craving this and seeking it is that what's happening is, is every time we do this, is we put something out there and we, want, we get that immediate feedback high, you know, what we're doing is we're meeting a short-term need. We're meeting a very short-term need for a much deeper, longer-term need that we all have that's ingrained in all of us. And it's the need for us to be in intimate relationship with other people. 
with, in, in real face-to-face relationship with other people. And so what we're doing and the world that you and I live in, it's, it's structuring it in a way where we're able to get that dopamine rush in our brain of that immediate feedback that really is supposed to occur, occur in, in face-to-face connection. And so there's a, actually a term that they've come up with, these, these smart people, and, um, and it's called this deferred loneliness. This, this crave through our devices, through social media, the opportunity we have now for immediate feedback, it's meeting this short-term need, but what it's doing, it's creating this deferred loneliness. So a lot of people feel connected and feel as if they're, they're getting the, the rush of feedback, but deep down inside, there's a loneliness there, and it's being deferred, and then deferred again, and deferred again, and deferred again, and it's just creating this hole in our lives. And this is where we find a lot of people. This is where you may have found yourself at times when you feel as if you've been connected, yet there's a deeper longing inside of us. And we have relationship cooties. This is what has developed from this, is that we have just, we're hooked on this instant gratification. And what it's doing is it's changing the way you and I do relationships. It really is changing the way we do this. And so what I want us to look at today are a few verses that hopefully will help us to, to recover from the relationship cooties. And, and more importantly, it would help us to, to um, I don't know, rediscover or maybe discover for the first time um, the power that is found in us practicing presence in people's lives. The real joy, the real, um, that, that real gratification that comes from being with other people. And it's a God-given thing. Think about this, in this idea of presence. I mean, let's just put it out there in a, in a real practical way. When God, creator of the earth, creator of everything you and I know that's real, creator of you, of your kids, of your grandkids, of the people you know and love, when God, creator, wanted to show his love in the most extreme way possible, when he wanted to show up in your life in the most elaborate way he could to let you know that he loves you. You know what he, he didn't do? He didn't just paint a rainbow across the sky and say, look at these beautiful colors. He didn't say, hey, just look up in the sky at all the beautiful stars that I created. Isn't it amazing? Watch the trees and the plants and the flowers bloom in spring. Isn't it wonderful? He didn't do that. I mean, he did those things, but that is not the extreme that he went to to show you his extreme love for you. What did he do? He showed up in person, in the person of Jesus Christ. When God wanted to show you truly how much he loved you and truly how much he cared, when he really wanted to finally just bust in on mankind and say, I am here, and there is a way that's better than you've been trying He didn't just shout his love from heaven and say, hey, people down there, I sure do love you. Look at the skies, look at the rainbows, look at the trees. Aren't they pretty? I love you way down there. He didn't do that. He showed up. Physically present, he showed up. And it was so impactful and so amazing that you and I talk about it today, that you and I believe that that happened today. He showed up. And so when I say there's power in the presence of being face-to-face with other people, I'm not offering it as a, as a suggestion. I fully believe that God has modeled this to us through Jesus Christ. 
And if he did it, and we call ourselves his followers, then we should do it. That we should do this in other people's lives. And I have to confess to you, I have relationship cooties. I am a pastor, and you would think that it comes naturally to me to love to be around people, that I am just this amazing extrovert, but the reality is, is I am an introvert. And you may have heard me say this before, it's true though, I am one of my favorite people. And I, I, don't, I hope I don't mean that in a narcissistic way. I really enjoy spending time with myself. I am a thinker. I'm a creative thinker, and I need to have solitude in order for me to really grasp ideas and to think about things and to think about messages and ideas and stuff like that, and that's just the way God has wired me. And so in order for me to get up here and hang out with you, and I, and I, like, to, I, mean, I, I like to be around some people, um, and so, but in order for me to do that, I've got to have time with myself. So when I talk about shame on relationship cooties, Trust me when I say to you, I am talking to myself. Romans 12, 9 says this. Um, 9 and 10. Don't just pretend to love others. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And I think about, think about this verse in light of what we're talking about. Because I think there is something, if there's, any, if there's just one point, if there's one idea I want you and, and myself, I want us to take with us today and think about and let, just let it sit on us a little bit, it's just this idea of we just need to be physically present with one another. Because the world you and I live in is allowing us more and more and more to, to not have to be physically present, to not have to be face-to-face, to just not have to do it. Don't just pretend to love others. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. I mean, we need to love people, really love people. We need to be present in their lives. You know, there's people that you know and and that you care about, and maybe there's been a a season in your life when you haven't been able to be with each other. And, you know, the phone call's great, and the texts are nice, and maybe even Skype is kind of fun every now and then. But if you truly love this person, you want to be with them. You know the people that you know and you know what they smell like? Not necessarily bad smells either, but actually, you know, you just know what they smell like. Like you know when they've been around you because you kind of, hey, I just got a whiff of so-and-so. I mean, you, you don't do that. You can't get that over the phone. I love watching these, these married people like nudging each other right now, hitting each other. Yeah, I've got a whiff of you before, Yeah. We need to be present in people's lives. I mean, think about this. Suppose that you've got a, a family member, a friend, someone you're really close to, and they're just hurting right now. They're, they're, let's say they're going through a really hard time. Maybe they got the bad medical news, or they, they didn't get in the school they wanted, or you know, they, they just broke up with somebody, or something's going on in their marriage, or whatever. Whatever the case is. And you know the acceptable way that most of us have been conditioned to respond to this? What have we been doing? I do it all the time. Oh, you're going, that's, that's a little too much there, Chris. You said call him, right? That's a little too much, okay? We need to just back that up, buddy, okay? That's too much, don't you think? What do we do instead? Text. You're a step ahead of me. He's old school. You're like my father-in-law. I can't text, my fingers are too big. So we want to get him like a giant phone so he can do that. But 
No, this is what we do. The people that, I mean, we know they're hurting. The, 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 the norm now, the okay way to let that person know we care about them is to just pound out a text and send it to them. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And sometimes um, certain situations, that, that's the only way you can let them know in that moment, hey, I'm thinking of you. But if that is the only way, if that is the only way we respond to people, if that's the only way we reach out to people, if that's the only way we say to them, I care about you and I'm concerned for you, we're missing the presence that we should have in each other's lives. I mean, we're, we're missing that. And I, I do this. You could look at my phone right now. I'm guilty. You could look at my phone right now and scroll through it and see the ways in which I've said, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And I do. I've, I've made, a, I made a, a vow, if you will. I don't ever tell someone I'm praying for them or I'm going to pray for them or I have prayed for them unless I've actually done so because it's just too easy to forget, right? I've never understood the ones when people are like, hey, I'm thinking about you. What does that mean? Like, what, where's the power? I'm thinking about you. Thank you. Oh, thank the Lord God Almighty that so-and-so thought of me. How about just go ahead and pray for somebody, okay? If you're going to think about them, why not go ahead and do the prayer? That's a side note. This is a... That's one of those little things that gets on my nerves. But, um, but we do this. We, we, if the only way that we can connect with people is to just do that extension through the text, we're, we're missing it. So what if we truly decide to be present in people's lives? So let's just say, all right, let's set the text aside. And Chris, you already hit it. What if instead of shooting the text, because that's easy, what if every now and then we called somebody? Because see that, that device that you carry around? It's not just to text or to take pictures or to pin stuff on Pinterest, it's not just for that. It's actually a phone. And there's like 10 digits you could like put in. And they have this amazing thing called speed dial now. It's crazy. So some of you don't have to do the 10 digits. You can just pull up the person's name and hit it, and it calls them. And the person on the other end, we looked at this last week, they, they talk back. It's not automated. Like that, you ask a question, they talk back. And there's this thing called conversation. And, and you can talk to them and say, hey, I know things are hard right now. How are you doing? And they say, I'm okay. And you know what? The I'm okay in a text and the I'm okay in a conversation usually sound a little bit different. The I'm okay in text, you go, okay, they're okay. Unless they did a sad face. Mm. <laughs> then you know they're really not okay and they're kind of sad. Mm. But in a conversation, you hear, I'm, I'm okay. Well, you don't sound like you're Okay. And you know what I do? Instead of saying, I'll be praying for you, I say, can I pray with you right now? And you know what? I've yet to have somebody say no. I've yet to have someone say, no, 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 really, not, not a good time. Or no, it really won't do any good. Or no, thank you. I've never had that. I've always had people say yes, thank you, sure, please. And then we can get really crazy. So let's say, we go, okay, well, text, yeah, we can do that, but call but you know what you know what you else you can do with your phone you can put in the address of where that person is and it will tell you how to get to where they are and you can drive over there and you can get out of the car and you can put your feet on a gra- on the ground of where they are and you can actually share like the same square footage with them for a little bit and you can sit across a table or on a couch or whatever and and you can say how you doing and they say okay and you can put a hand on their shoulder you can hold their hands and pray with them. They start to cry, you can pull them in. If you're a guy, you can like hit him in the arm or give him the good game booty slap, whatever that is. It'll be okay, man. 
be physically present with them. I've just given license to a bunch of guys to like give someone like the good game after the service today. So, <laughs> JD, that's a good way. Next time you tell everyone to stand and greet each other, say, and tell them good game, and they can just kind of do that. <laughs> physically present. You can't do good game on a text or over the phone. Be physically present with somebody and do that and sit down with them and, and, and be with them and you know, several decades ago, if family members were going to spend time in the same room together, it means they actually conversed and, and made eye contact. But the world that you and I live in has been conditioned, it's been set up, it's being developed technologically where we can sit in the same room and never be present in someone's life. Everyone on their device. That is such a struggle for me and Drew and Mallory. She can watch Peppa. I can be on my iPad playing backgammon. And, and Drew can be conquering the world in one of his games that he plays. We're there together, but we're not there together. You know? We don't want a text. We don't want a call. If our world's falling apart, if your world started to fall apart right now, maybe a text, a couple of texts is okay, but eventually you're going to need someone to come and put their hand on you and say, I am with you. I want to pray with you. I love you. I'm with you. I'm alongside of you in this. Because when we reduce our relationships to thumbs, to, to texting and statuses and likes and retweets and all the shares and all that, and real life comes happening and, and, and it comes crashing in, we need somebody. We need someone present. We're, and we're conditioning ourselves to not know how to respond, either when someone needs us and even to, to when we need someone and they come and we don't, know how to, we don't know how to take it. We don't know how to receive it. You know, as I do a lot of um, counseling, I guess you could say. I'm not a licensed counselor by any means. I, I feel like often that I am, I'm out of my element. But I do a lot of initial counseling with a lot of people. And I, I'm finding something. No matter what the reason, no matter what, I'm serious, no matter what the reason the person has come to talk to me, I am finding over and over and over again, I am starting to repeat a similar phrase to almost every single person. You know what the phrase is? I really think you need to sit down face to face with this person and talk. I'm finding this, it's becoming the phrase, I'm telling people, you really need to sit down face to face with this person and talk. And here's the response I often get. Imagine a puppy going, huh? It's like this befuddled, like confused, like come again, hmm? Like it has become foreign that when we have conflict, or when we are in need for us to sit down face to face with another person. 1 John 3.8 says this, Dear children, let us not merely say, you could replace that with text. Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other, let us show the truth by our actions. See, we shouldn't just pray for someone. What if we showed up and prayed with them? We shouldn't just say that we like what somebody posts. What if we showed up and actually liked the person that we liked what they said? You know, what if we just showed up? What if we decided to be present in people's lives? Listen to John 13, 34. 
This is from the message. This is Jesus speaking. He says, let me give you a new command. Love one another. In the same way I have loved you, love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. Not when they read the love you have for each other. Not when they retweet the love you have. Not when they scroll through a feed and see, you know, and read the love that you have. But when they see the love you have for each other. I mean, people are not going to know that I'm a disciple of Jesus by how many responses I get to a post or, or how many retweets or shares or likes or whatever. People are going to know and sense the love that we have for them when we are present in their lives, when we care for them where they are, and, and, and when we open up our heart and, and we do life with them. We say that word in here a lot, doing life with each other, doing relationship with each other. At 11 o'clock today, we have three people joining. And, um, and each of them are here at our church and growing in their faith because of face-to-face relationships they have with other people. Now, I wasn't planning this when I was gonna do this message, but I started thinking about it during the week, and I was like, you know, this is, I like, this is, uh, this is real. And these three people are not joining because of Facebook, and they're not joining because of Instagram. They're not joining because they're in a group on, on some sort of social media. They're, they're, they're here because, because someone decided to be in face-to-face relationship with them and then invite them to come and be a part of the fellowship of people. One of them, uh, her name is Mikhail, and she's joining today. And the reason she is here the reason she started coming here was because a family, friends from school, the Smith family, Eddie and Amy and Tyler and Emily, they invited her to come her freshman year in high school. And so she started coming. And she got involved in our youth group. And now she's a freshman at college. And she's saying, I, you know, I'm kind of an adult now, so I want to make that this, this is where I am and this is where I've been. But that started with a relationship. Another person joining, Elisa, she's joining today, and she uh, got to know Shanna, our intern, um, in class, right? And Shanna invited her to come, and she actually started coming to our college ministry portal and started coming to portal, and then started coming to worship after that. So she made the connection real face-to-face. They developed a friendship, a relationship. She was invited, she came. She got connected to other people face-to-face, and then she started coming to worship and being part of the church. She's joining today. Another guy, Ryan. He, um, I don't know if you remember this, about this time last year, but uh, we prayed for a young lady named Danielle because she was going off to college and she was a senior in high school. And um, Ryan is here because Danielle invited him. They were friends. They're connected to the Air Force Base. And, um, and Danielle was getting ready to go off to school to San Antonio, but somewhere in the middle of her senior year in high school, She showed up at the church one day because she wanted to know more about God. Who physically shows up at church for spiritual guidance, right? And I have to confess to you, because of my relationship cooties, the day that this girl, Danielle, who I did not know from Eve, and shows up at our church office wanting to talk about God, because of my relationship cooties, I almost just passed that on. Because you know what I thought? She just wants some, some money or something. I mean, she didn't really want to know about God, right? This is, I mean, judge me if you will, but this is my thought process. And thankfully, one of the people in the office said, I really think you need to talk to her. 
So we sat down and talked to my office, and she just started asking questions about God, and I prayed with her, and I gave her a Bible. She didn't own one, and she went on her merry way, and we got her connected into a, um, a small group. She started coming to a small group with Renee Galloway and a bunch of those young women and getting connected there, and she was coming to worship, and in that process, she invited Ryan, who was not a follower of Christ, and he started coming. And so, so Danielle goes off to college, moves to Texas, and you think Ryan's going to be like, well, that's the only... He kept coming. And he's come to know Christ now. I mean, he's a follower of Jesus. And here's why I tell you these stories about these people. Because they're really not... If, you, if we can all think back, and we've got these stories. I mean, we're, 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 we're somehow along the way, someone has influenced us. But here's what I want you to think about this. relationship, these relationships, the influence that you and I have, there's a ripple effect that we just have no idea where it's going to go. You have no clue. When you have face-to-face conversation and relationship with other people, you have no idea about the ripple effect. You just have no idea. I mean, think about this for a minute. Okay, there's, great, three people, three different people invited three people, and they're here, yay, the end. That's not the end, because somebody had influence on those three people that did the inviting, right? And somebody influenced them and them and them, and what if, what if the three people that did the inviting, what if they've done that with other people? And I don't mean just inviting to church, okay? I mean like face-to-face relationships, sharing Jesus, being real, doing life with people. But now, let's think a little bit bigger. Think generationally with me for a moment, will you? Because what about Mikhail's children and Elisa's and Ryan's? What about their children and their children's children? What about their spouses? What about where they, when they move somewhere? What about their neighbors? See, when we have face-to-face relationship with other people, there is a ripple effect that we just never know where it's going to go. And I have to tell you this, folks. It's true. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've lived it, and I regret it. Relationship cooties kill ripples in the moment. Kill them. Done. It, it pains me to think about if I had sent Danielle just to go talk to somebody in the office to get her information. Shame on me. There is power in presence. And if we just reduce it to this, we're going to miss the opportunity to be Christ in people's lives. And so this is something that I'm not saying throw it away and don't do it because it's part of of the world we live in. But this, this cannot be all that you and I depend on. This can't be the only way that we relate to people is through here. What if this was the only way I related to Chris and Kat, just through this, and I never saw this. We're losing it, we're missing it. We've got to be present in people's lives, we've got to show up, we've got to be willing to be present, we've got to get over those, those cooties. There is power in this face-to-face relationship, and I'll just take you back to this thought. Because when God showed up in our lives, he didn't do it from afar. He didn't do it from a long way away. He showed up. He showed up real, flesh and bone. He showed up and he changed the world. 
And because he is no longer physically present, guess what that means, people of God, followers of Jesus? Guess what that means our job is? That we are to be the flesh and bone. That we are to be the presence of Jesus Christ in other people's lives. And they are to see us and even smell us. And know that God loves them. And that we are loved too. Let's pray together. Thank you that you didn't stay far away. You weren't far away at all. You showed up real and it was good. And Father, I just pray today that you would help us to not be so addicted to um, that immediate feedback, to that, to that desire for that just immediate technological connection that we miss out on you forgive us for the for the people and the opportunities that maybe we have rushed by that we have ignored that we have not wanted to be a part of only because of our cooties now would you i ask i love the fact that you are a redeeming god so for those of us that are even recalling right now those instances that we passed by or would you give us another opportunity please in the name of jesus and we'll take it this time that we will show up and we will be present in, in people's lives that need us. We would share the truth of your gospel, the life-changing truth of who you are. And Lord, that we would be okay with not knowing the immediate response. Because we know act in your name, and we do the things that you desire for us to do in your name, Lord, the ripple goes on 